You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Hundreds and Hits Volume Pod. My name is Josh Earl and we are talking about the greatest compilation series this country's ever produced. And today, special guest, I flew to him. <laughs> I flew all the way to Perth just to be face to face with the man. Please welcome, it's John Pinder and everyone. Yeah. yeah, thanks mate. I appreciate you flying to me. You've asked me to be on since we did Don't You Know Who I Am yep. in Frio. Yes. Which was what? Was that pre-COVID? No, that was oh no, maybe it was. Maybe I it was twenty twenty. Pre-COVID yeah. in the before times. Yes, <laughs> and then you asked me to do like two or three pods. Do you know I bought? I bought after the second time that you asked me, I went out that week. I bought a laptop. Yep. And a road, a roadcaster um, or yep. like mic, thing, yep. USB mic. Thinking next time he asks, I'll definitely be. I couldn't. I couldn't work it. Well, this I funny, couldn't figure out how to work. That, I ended up giving him. Today I ended up giving the road mic to Dave Callan. I was going to say because he to do your part. Yes, and he thought he had it working. Then I just used. I think I just used the Zoom mic. Just yeah. Oh really? On the thing from the laptop. What do you think it was a faulty road mic then? Because oh. I thought I was a moron because I couldn't get it to work. I'm terrible it's... with technology. I just can't do it. Oh, well, it, it's, it we're here but now. But you've made the effort. I made you've the come effort. all the way here. You've got a hotel room. You've L- got everything. L- listeners will be pleased to know this flight, <laughs> as opposed to the flight to Budapest, way smoother. <laughs> R- went on time. It's great. Hey, we're talking volume 11, yeah. side eight. Now, you didn't grow up in this country. No. So wouldn't know about the 100% Hits compilation. No, we had, now that's what I call music. Yeah. I was listening to the guy Montgomery one, and he said he had the same thing. I didn't know they had that in New yeah. Zealand. Did they have that over here? I think, I, I'm not sure. If they did, it wasn't popular. Right. I'm it sure it's one it of those things the, you could you could import. It was the business in, yep. in the UK. It had everything. I mean, I don't know whether it's just nostalgia, yep. but I had a bunch of them, and I was well into them, around the era of... Cotton Eye Joe, yes, Mister Bombastic, <laughs> yeah, uh, that that kind of vibe. I reckon that there's a bit of a crossover as well. I reckon there'd be similar artists because this is like Warner and Polystar and uh, right. EMI. So we'll we'll find. So this is 1994. Okay, what are your memories of 94? 94. The divorce happened in 94. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have been if I'm born in 87. In 94, I'm what? Uh, seven years old. Seven. Yep. Yeah, it was a good time for me. Was that around the time the Spice Girls and that came out? A, a little bit early. Was so, that a little bit earlier? Yeah. So it was around the divorce. 94 was <laughs> earlier than the Spice Girls. Right. Spice Did Girls they come out in 95? Spice Girls are coming up in, I think, three or four episodes time. Right. And they are absolutely coming up. I'm going to have to talk about Spice Girls about five oh, episodes in a row. Everywhere. They were everywhere. Do you know how big? And this is a bit. They're going to be good pods, though. This is a bit of sizzle. Yeah. On one episode, I'll have to talk about them twice. <laughs> They're on the compilation twice. Are they? Does that happen with any other eyes? Never. Never, never happens. Song 11 and Song 18. The same 
the same CD. Are you allowed to say what the songs are? Oh, or we'll, not yet? You we'll wait, like, wait for we'll those episodes. I don't have the information to you hand. come back I to just, Perth for those I just episodes. saw that. Yeah, I'll fly back. <laughs> I want to do that one. I just saw it and I was like, what am I going to... like?" Because Have you ever made compilations? No. I, like oh. I say, I've always been... Um, yeah. like technologically a moron, but I've had them made for me. In fact, I got most of my musical influences from my best mate, Liam, yeah. years ago. He used to just make me CDs with weird, obscure grunge shit. And I, and bet, they, I bet they didn't have the same artist more than once. No, As someone who made rarely. lots of compilations, you, yeah. you have rules that you set yourself, and you don't yeah. have the same, unless it's the entire artist or unless, someone who's like... Say unless a, you know the girl really loves yeah, that band. That's that, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, we're going to kick this off with, oh, look, they start strong on this compilation. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, disclaimer, I can be very judgy about music. I'm quite That's all right. picky. Um, I can be as dismissive of other people, of people's music as Noel Gallagher, but without any right to be. Do you know what I mean? I'm like such a bitch about it. Some will argue that Noel doesn't have the right either. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, some I'm would. not one of some those would. people. I yeah, love yeah, Noel. some would. But I couldn't... I couldn't um, I had, a, I had a flick through this playlist yep. this morning and I had to, um, I had to, it, it opened my eyes a bit more because stuff that I usually wouldn't give the time of day, yep. I let it seep in a bit, you know? Well, we're recording this the day before release and Pitchfork has just released. So Pitchfork is the music kind of online, they're kind of the tastemakers or have been for the last 20 years. I think they're dropping off a bit. Right. But they've Never just put out a... Best, best 200 songs or 150 songs of the 90s. Right. And they did this 10 years ago as well. And uh, it's a very different list. What, regarding the 90s? The 90s, yes. So what, so the opinions the changed? The opinions have changed because there's different writers there now. And also what's in the culture has changed. And pop music is heavily, heavily in this year's list of yeah. the best 90s songs. Back then it was all alternative stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so this year... Mariah Carey one. Oh, look, really? Yes. And I can't remember uh, what came in number one back then, but I, I remember that Common People by Pulp came at two. Right, okay. And in That's this, fair. And in this list it came in at 18. Oh, really? So it's dropped 16 places in what a What do you think's happened? Because it seems like at the moment a lot of that stuff's coming back, you know? Liam Gallagher's banging out yeah. albums. Like there's, people, are, you know, people are writing stuff that... You know, I've heard stuff that has come out in the last 10 years that you'd swear was written around the time of the Stone Roses or... I think it is with streaming. People, and I've said this in the past, people don't have to go into record shops and get judged for the music that they like. So you can just sneak online so and go, and go Ooh, if I, I want to listen to the never-ending story in the comfort of yes. my own bath, yep. I'm fucking gonna. Yeah. <laughs> and whereas before it was like, well, I've got to go and get judged by the guys who <laughs> yeah, I'm not going in music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. Oh, that's so lovely. I think pop music is more popular. We are we are lucky in that regard. Yes. All right. Moving on. Let's go. Track number one of side A of volume eleven. This is a little man called Calvin Cortazar Broadus, otherwise known as Snoop Dogg. At this stage, he was known as Snoop Doggy Dog. This is Who Am I? What's My Name? <laughs>
depths of the sea. Back to the block, Snoop Doggy Dog, Monkey at the, the, the dot. Went solo on their ass, but it's still the same. Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Nine trips ain't the easiest for me to fuck up shit. So I ain't holding nothing back, and motherfucker, I got five on the 20 sack. It's like that, and as a matter of fact, cause I never hesitate to put a nigga on his back. Yeah, so keep out the manuscript. You see that it's a must we drop gangsta What's the motherfucking shit. name? It's so good. It's a tune, isn't it? It's so good. I've, I've, I was never a hip hop guy, me. But that's it's a tune that yep. I like. Things I like about it are as follows. Yes. That weird effect that uh, Tupac used in yep. uh, California. California. Yep. You know that shit? Yeah. Love that. Retro as fuck. Um, and I like the bump, burr, bump, yeah. burr. It reminds me of Nina Simone that bit. Oh, maybe it's if you listen. If you could, you could sample yep. Nina Simone's "Feeling Good" over that. Well, I think this is an absolute. So this is produced by Dr. Dre, and I think it right. just shows the talent of Dre. Mm. Because if you listen to the other stuff that came out in this era, yeah. like we're going to listen to a band next who I think have been poorly, poorly positioned, coming straight after this. Yeah, because you go, oh, you've just you're poorly not the same positioned league. for like time. No, in terms of. Coming after this, you just hear that, oh, uh, you guys right. don't yeah, have the yeah, same yeah, amount yeah, of yeah. Uh, force behind you. Yeah, on uh, the lineup, you mean. And it really was that thing of like, Dre is a super talent. Yeah. And I don't know if he got, he clearly got credit in hip hop circles, but in the broader, in 94, 93 music circles, I doubt he was getting. It's like he makes other people shine. Absolutely. And, yeah. But then it's also like other people make him shine, I yeah. think. It's like. I reckon, because he, he he says the odd word in that, doesn't he? Yeah. I, heard, yeah. I thought I heard him, and I thought I remember thinking, they're fish and chips. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Don't that sound weird in my <laughs> accent? Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. <laughs> right. They're like, the cho- they're like um, si- the Simon and Garfunkel of hip-hop. Yes. Like the, even the tom- Tombra, is that the right word? Uh, the, t- t- the kinds of voice they've got. Yes. They're like treble and bass, aren't they? Is that is it Tim Timber? Tim- I don't know. Yeah. Fucking no. Timber. Someone will. Someone will. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to... It sounded like a French word to me, so I thought I'd try and say it French. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Even if yeah. you remember... Do you remember uh, Still Dre? Oh, yes. Representing on the gangsters all across the world. <laughs> Still. The two voices together. Yeah. One was thick and fat, and the other one was kind of whippy-dippy-dippy. So this... Uh, Number eight on the Billboard charts is yeah. Snoop's debut single. He had a lot of buzz about him because he appeared on the Chronic, Dre's album. Right. And so at the time as well, gangster rap was, there was a lot of arguments with gangster rap and the labelling because it was a whole uh, typical trying to put like, um, what's the warnings on, on CDs. Right, yeah, yeah, like which, the explicit content yeah, thing. Right. Which only made people want to get it more. Which was, of course it yeah. did. Of course it did. That uh, was, surely that was the idea of it, though, to an extent. Well, I don't think so. I think it was that whole "just say no" campaign. Right. Protect it, all, all protect the people the who children. wanted to be on drugs got those dare uh, t-shirts. Going, oh, how funny is this? Yeah. They're the only right. Okay. Yeah. But so this is what the critics said about this, and so uh, they said uh, Snoop Dogg was often an example of violent, misogynistic musicians. Uh, but unlike the harder gangster rap, he was had a softer side. And this is Chuck Phillips of Rolling Stone. This is what he said about it. Uh, Snoop's vocal style is part of what distinguishes him here. Where many rappers scream, literally and literally, 
he speaks softly. So you're right with that whole... Yeah, he always had this. The, light, back, flip it, dip it, the dip. light and the darkness of, of yeah. the song. Yeah. Uh, around this time, so this is uh, released in 94, uh, around this time though he was charged with first degree murder of Philip Walter Merriam. He was charged with it. Yep, charged, but uh, didn't. he got acquitted because it was actually his bodyguard who killed the guy. He was in a... Ooh. They say a rival gang. You forget that I forget me because sometimes I hear rappers and I think, why are you so aggressive? Like, yeah. why are you pretending you're a proper gangster? And then you go back to some this sort of, of are, time. Yeah. Some of them were proper gangsters. Yeah. Like, people but died. Especially this time. And then, obviously, you have the copycats who are like, I want to be like this. Yeah. And so, but, yeah. But anyway, so he, he was off. But then they released uh, a little short film called Murder Was The Case. And he was in it and also provided the soundtrack. Mm. Uh so it was that was released on Doggy Murder Style. Was, what it was that was a documentary about that case. A short film that Snoop Snoop made. Oh, he made he made it. <laughs> yeah. Cash in on whatever you can. I reckon. Exactly, cashing in. Okay, and so after his acquittal, uh, the mother of his son and their twenty pit bulls moved out of uh, Compton to Claremont in California. Twenty, 20 pit bulls. How'd you walk that lot? That's <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of I dogs. No, that is like. Crazy cat it's territory. Too many, it's too many dogs. Did, who came out first? Snoop Dogg or Snoopy? It's got to be Snoopy, the actual cartoon yes. dog, surely. He was nicknamed Snoopy because as a kid he loved Snoopy and they reckoned he looked like Snoopy. Right, and he okay. Was, he was named after his stepdad. So he's who a, was Snoopy? He's a, he's a junior. So he's uh, Calvin Cortisol Broadus Jr. But his dad left the scene. His biological dad left the scene when he was three months old and then this guy came on. Right. But they still named him after him. So I'm like, th- for three months, was he a different name? Was he just baby? I'm more concerned that his middle name appears to be cortisol. Did Co- you say cortisar. that? That's the stress hormone, isn't it? C-O-R-D-O-Z-A-R. Cortisar. Oh, cortisar. Cortisar. I don't know. It's wizardy, isn't it? It is. Hey, here's, here's a good fact about him, though. Married his high school girlfriend. Oh. They're still married. Oh. They did have a divorce. Snoop Monoggy Nog. <laughs> yes, well, I don't, I don't think he has been, but they divorced in 2004, citing irreconcilable differences, Yeah. only to reconcile those differences in 2008 and get remarried. I love stories like that. It's good, that. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I used to tattoo a guy, and he, like, he was, he was a, a psych nurse, and he was a very, very depressed guy. You could see it. He just had yeah. this sadness about him, and he drank a lot, and he had this girlfriend who was stunningly beautiful and appeared to be like oh this guy would die without you yeah and they eventually she he was probably too much for her and they split up and it was like a bummer and i always thought this guy i didn't like to think it but i thought i don't know how long this guy's got left on the earth about two years later they came in for a tattoo and they'd had this couple of years apart yeah caught up with each other for coffee started dating a little bit and remarried that's lo- I thought it was beautiful. Do you know what I thought the story was going to go? He he got the name tattooed, then came in and got it crossed off, and then <laughs> came in and got it tattooed <laughs> he again. Got it tattooed again. <laughs> uh, here's, here's one more fact I'll tell about Snoop Dogg. Uh, in 2013, he claimed he was smoking 80 blunts a day. Why did he claim it? Why claim that's, it? That's a lot. A big note in yourself. Like 80 a day. So you think? I was thinking. I was doing the math on this. I'm like, yeah. going, let's say he has that. You've got to be chain smoking. Exactly. I, Eight hours sleep a day. So we're, we're talking 16 hours, 16 yes. waking hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's almost one every 15 minutes. Yeah, that's enough for an irreconcilable difference. Yeah. If you ask me, it'd be like, bro, you're costing us a fortune on this shit. 
There's ash all over the house, for fuck's sake. I'm leaving you. I've got to say, great song. It's a very good song. It's a good song. All right, moving on. What do you know about Danish dance music? I know. <laughs> I, I have limited knowledge of Danish we're, dance music. We're about music. to learn about... We've had Dog and Dre. Yeah. Now, this is Cut and Move and their song, Give It Up. Let's have it. Oh, this... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we get I mean, that, there is, yeah. is a rap. Let's go to the rap part. Let's go. Like a live, the rhythm, like a rhythm alive, like a trouble making worker from nine to five, like an attorney working to earn now, such a 90s style rap. Coming after well. Snoop, yeah. going, that's not fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not fair at all. All right, that's all we need to hear about the. Yeah. <laughs> so this was. Should the Danish rap? <laughs> Segment two. <laughs> so, cover of KC and the Sunshine Band? Yeah. Which yep. is a great song. Great song. And that's, that's and the thing about it. You for me, the voice, like that tune with that voice, with that melody, brilliant. Yeah. Don't touch it. Yeah. But it's one of those songs where if you do cover it, you can't really fuck it up. If you just play the original. Well, this, I, I, I'm a, the, here, here's where I'm a bitch. If you've got nothing to offer that song, yep. leave it alone. Yeah. Like do a different one. Do you know what I mean? Unless you're going to triple J it and go, yeah. I'm going to do a s- sad, whispery acoustic the cover worst, of it. The worst kind. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Anyone, I've said this on the record, anyone who does an acoustic cover of a hip-hop song, I'm like, no, yeah. no. Yeah. It's almost like they're saying, <laughs> yeah. it's actually a good song if you break it down. It was already a good song. Yeah, we don't it was need fine. you staring at our eyes at a party singing it and going, yes. yeah, oh, yeah. I clever. Uh, this got to number one in Australia for four weeks. Four um, weeks. A month of Australia. Yeah. Everyone was listening to this. Nostalgia, though? I don't know. No, I think Australians in the 90s, we loved some real bubblegum pop. Right. Just some throwaway. Yeah, I wasn't here for this that. Is, fun. is that when Nikki Webster was about or was she later? Well, she got a big start at the 2000 Olympics. Right. I remember when I started doing stand-up in Perth, which was 2011. Yep. Almost all the open micers had a Nikki around Webster. had a Nikki Webster bit. And I thought, who is this bitch? Yeah, it's so <laughs> it was- funny. It's so, like, she did nothing wrong. Apart from be famous at a very young age. Be exactly what she was supposed to yes. be at that time. She was at the opening ceremony. She was the star of it. Yeah. In a ribbon up to the sky. It was very impressive. The yeah, whole country yeah. was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Then, of course, she's got a bit of fame. So they had a songwriting team behind her. They gave her her first single, Strawberry Kisses. Yeah. It was absolute just 
and from then on, it was like, yeah, we feel fine to shit on this 13-year-old girl. Yeah, it's a shame <laughs> in it. Wow. So how is she now? Is she all right? I think she's got kids. I think she's just living a life. I don't think oh, she's... she managed to come through it. Didn't yeah. It? I think there was a bit there where she was like appearing in like Ralph magazine, like the, one of the lad mags. Right. Okay. Um, you know, she what, was... What? By her own choice? 18, 19. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it was that, I'm a woman now. It was that real... Yeah, yeah. I'm grown up now. Remember I'm that? going on Geordie Shore. Yeah. It, yeah. Was that, it was around the time... If you remember when Girls Gone Wild was like a popular thing that you could mention in never any... Never heard of it. I never heard of it. So yeah. it was these tapes... It was before internet pornography, really. Right. And it was they'd go down to like spring break and just film girls who are oh, drunk... Oh, being drunk and And just trashy. flashing themselves. Yeah. Yes, we had one of them. It was called... Uh, it was either... I think they had two of them. Ibiza Uncovered and yeah. Caribbean Uncovered. And it was just lads and girls... Yeah just making a mess of themselves on holiday. Well, that's what this was. And it was around that time that whole kind of like your Ralph FHM loaded magazine was yeah, just yeah, yeah. in the culture. And it was like this kind of weird, oh, yeah, lads, lads It was lads, a dirty lads, time lads. for it was, us, wasn't it? Was it was disgusting. Zoo magazine and yes. shit. That was like that, wasn't well, it? Well, that's what Ralph was. And she and it was they had that – I remember they had the countdown to the Olsen twins being legal. And it was just a thing that you're like going, <laughs> Fuck how it, and you look at it and going, I understand why print is dead now. I understand why the magazine industry is fucking dying because you had shit like that going oh, on God. and everyone just going, oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we're counting down until yeah. these girls we've known since they were four years old yeah. are going to be legal. And that, th- what's horrible is that would have felt normal at the time. Yeah. It's only now looking back, you're like, were we in a fucking trance? It what was, was happening? So bad. All right, let's move on. I think that's all we need to say. Uh, yeah, for oh. me, my yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to try not to shit on them. I don't think you needed to do anything that song. Just re-release it. It was yeah. fucking great. Well, this, that was not their first single. Their first single was uh, called "Spread Love," and right. the chorus was "I need to spread love all over the world." Oh, which had a few mates well on Kentucky Tours do the yeah. same thing. <laughs> all right, moving on. Now, this is a band you would absolutely know. In fact, I would say you may have even like. Been into them. Yeah, been into them and maybe like had some of their stuff around the house. This is E17 and the sixth single from Walthamstow. This is It's Alright. Now, I had a crack at this this morning. They nearly lost me with the intro. You were like, oh, it's too soft. I was like, I don't remember him being this shit. And then it kicks in. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. This is them showing how they can be tender. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the new day sun, love never lasts in line. We are the seed of a new breed. That 90s piano sound as well, the dance sound and this stuff. We are the new, these words are true. Let the light of love shine. This is 55 seconds in. Yeah, see, now I... That's usually my limit. I'd be like, oh, it's, it's a shitter, I'm not yeah. having it. But then it does this. You can imagine the lights. Yeah, the lights, dry ice. Yeah. The whole lot. Brian Harvey coming up from the centre of the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid hat on. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind this. Yeah. 
All right, we'll just pause it there because we can't play the whole song. We don't want to play the whole song. That is the sixth single. Yeah, I think they did better songs, didn't they? There was yeah. another one that House was... House of Love, I think. Yeah, is. House of Love. There was another one. There's been so many. Almost all of them have been played on this. Like, we've played so yeah, many of their songs. They weren't that bad. I mean, they look like a right pack of knobheads. Yes. Well, I, this one I want to talk to you about because they're, they're not from Essex, but they l- remind me of guys from Essex. That vibe. Yeah. Yeah, like posery. To me, that, that fashion, like, horrible hat cupboard. <laughs> like, oh, we've got a gig, lads. Everybody grab a hat. Fucking horrendous. Some of them should have been on scarecrows. There was one of them, it's like a bobble hat, but he's got it up stiff. Yeah. Like he's hiding something in it. Like yep. he's got a couple of tins of beans under there. It just dreadful. Bit of the eyebrow shaved out. Yeah, Brian Harvey used to shave Massive the baggy out. pants and the denim jacket. Shocking. In the same way that in, at the tattoo shop, right, where I work in the daytime, I've, there's a picture that one of my mates has got up. It's just to fill space. I think he just used to have it as he was growing up. Yeah. Now he's put it in the tattoo shop. And it's a Blink-182. And it's they're standing there in their underpants doing faces that could be described as jackass-esque. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of pop-punk, you know, yep. like gawpy face. And every time I look at it, I think I'd love to punch <laughs> any one of them right in the fucking mouth, you know? <laughs> And E17, in the pictures that you see of them, all their, like, headshots and stuff, they're like that. They're like, look, I you need to get battered in an alleyway, the lot of you. I reckon but E17, some of their songs, E17 would fuck you up. I oh, think. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not taking any of them, right? <laughs> well, this song, number one in Australia for seven weeks. Seven, it's all right. It's an all right tune. So in Australia, in 94, cut and move, give it up. Four weeks. Yeah. This seven weeks. Yeah. That's, a le- that's almost three months of the year. Yeah. This, these two songs. Uh, well, I think it's certainly more worthy of the Danish pop one, yeah. Cotton Moo. Um, also um, depends what's going on substance-wise. Because I imagine, like, well, that just passed. you sort of on the outs with the Hacienda yes. movement there. That was on its way yep. out, and it had just become a, a den of gun violence by that point. But you can hear a little bit of it in it. Like, yeah. They've got a bit of take that about them in the sense of the melodic boy bandy thing. Well, but there's also this rave. You can feel bits of New Order or bits of Happy Mondays yeah. and a bit of that kind of, oh, these are lads a little bit. Like, well, I bet they were on drugs and stuff, were they? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Brian Harvey, we talked about it I uh, mentioned he's, he does ecstasy. and they kicked Yeah, him out, yeah, it was big ecstasy. They kicked vibe. him out of the band. Did they? They actually spoke about it in the House of Commons, saying, oh, our pop stars are on drugs. And it's like, what are you talking about? You guys... It's how you make a pop star, son. Came from the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Like, David Bowie's hiding his piss in the fridge because he's scared <laughs> that wizards were going to get it. Like, yeah. yeah, anyway, so this was... So that would be for Take That. Take That were modelled, like, to be a boy band. And then yeah. they kind of... Oh, the rival. That take That have done had, better in the long run as well. Than well, Take That were kind of they? overtaking them here at this point. Yeah. And this is what uh, Music Week said about... They gave this song four out of five and said the teen market's become somewhat more crowded since E17's last single, but their stock's still high. And this unusual track should confirm their standing behind Take That. Right. So saying it's a great song, but you're still not... Still not Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and why do you think... Do you reckon that's because the, the Take That thing is appealing more... To like, well, the girls that at that oh, time heartthrobs, absolutely love songs. Like, but E seventeen there, like to me, that's that's a drug anthem. You can imagine anybody being on Eckies in a club because well, it's repetitive. It's got that dance. It was thing. Uh, Brian Harvey was the one who got kicked out for the drugs. But I, I, 
I can't remember if I've said this on the on the show, but if I have, I just want to get your reaction to it. So in 2005, he's a bit of, bit of trouble. He's 17 and not had any hits for a long, long time. Are they still together? They are. One original member, uh, Tony Mortimer. Uh, but this is, in 2005, uh, Brian Harvey fell under the wheels of his reversing car because he leaned out to be sick and he later blamed the incident on having eaten too many jacket potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm an E17 fan. I love I him. I like him. What now, a geezer. He's brilliant. They are still a band. Too many jackets, buds, too man. Many, you know how it is. <laughs> too many jacket potatoes. Uh, only one remaining member, but in 2015... They, this is a decade after the Jacket Potato incident. They booked a gig <laughs> at the Academy. That's an album title at least, isn't it? Yeah. They did a gig at the Academy in Dublin, uh, a venue that holds 800, 800 people. How many people do you reckon turned up to see E17? What year was this? 2015. We're talking seven years ago. In? 2015. 800-seater. We're in Dublin. In Dublin. Oh, I just said they just sold it out. 30 people turned up. Oh, no. Yeah. That's... Even you'd think just in nostalgia people would have yeah. turned up for it. 30 people. 30 people. So they were big in like 94. So this is like, what, 21 years after. That's enough time for yeah, all their fans to have kids and get a babysitter. Like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. No. Yeah. 30. Were, you, you wonder as well... If there'd been one more banger in that yeah. back catalogue, would that have tipped the scales and sold it out? 30 people. Surely on the day of, though, you're like, how many? How are we doing for sales? 30. What do we reckon, guys? Do we pull the, the pin? The gig goes ahead. <laughs> the gig goes ahead. <laughs> if there's more people on stage than there are in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Now, this is a guy who at the time, people were talking about him as if he was going to be as big as Prince. <gasps> This is a young man called Tevin Campbell and his song, Can We Talk? Oh, yeah, I remember liking the start of this. Soulful. Yeah, written by Babyface. Yeah, it, it upset me when he started singing. Uh, Babyface and Daryl Simmons wrote this one, who wrote End of the Road by Boys to Men. Right. So he knows how to write a ballad. Yeah. He's a voice. That was, that was my moment of, oh, <laughs> I wanted it because of that soulful, yeah. oh, you deep? Yeah. yeah, I wanted, who's the guy that does, can't get enough for your Barry White, Barry White. White. I wanted that sound, and I'd have probably been in, for me, this is another guy trying to nail the softer Michael Jackson song, yeah. We'll get to the point. I wanted, I wanted some, I wanted some Barry White style action. My consolation in that was at my house, I have some uh, battery-operated candles that I have from Target. Yes. And I switch those on, and I have a bath. 
Right? It's one of my more middle-aged woman traits that I have. And I listened to some of these tunes in there. And the, the joy that I managed to squeeze out of that, have this for a little vignette, yep. was I pretended that I was an R&B, his ex-girlfriend, in the, in the bath while he's singing this stuff on a rainy night outside the building he's saying, while I'm talk? up in the bath and maybe look at a picture of him and then yep. I turn the picture around because I just don't want to think about him anymore. <laughs> like, I got into the feel of it cinematically, but generally it had nothing to offer me. I thought it was like... You well, could listen to real Michael Jackson if you wanted. Well, he was only 17 when this came out. Was he? Yeah, so he... he, he well, now I feel mean. Well, he grew up in the churches. He was discovered singing the gospel churches. Right. At 14, he had his first single. And this is what he said about at 17. He goes, I wanted to make a more mature-sounding album to reflect my current state of mind. Yeah. I'm Ready says a lot about who I am as a person. That's the album was called I'm Ready. Yeah. Um, because of the things I've been through during the last four years or so. I hope people will see that I'm not the same young kid I was on my first album. And I think there's nothing worse than 17, 18-year-olds trying to tell you how the world works. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know. <laughs> talk about... Dude, I don't even know. Talk about young shit. Yeah. That's, you have meant to have fun. Don't be all yeah. serious. You're 17. Yeah. So I feel bad for Bieber, who at 17 was pissing in buckets and it was a worldwide news story. I'm like, that's yeah. what 17-year-olds do. That's what he does. Yeah. That's what You're he does. I like... I've grown to... As I've gotten older, I'm a lot less judgmental about different types of music and stuff like yeah. that. I used to be a sort of, if you don't fit into my f- formula of what I think a band yeah, should be, I was the same. you're a knobhead. Yep. And I think that's that's from growing up an Oasis fan. It's the Oasis school of you're either this or you're shite. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Also, because they're very funny about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And But as if I'm being true to myself, the, uh, the older I get, the more I listen to all kinds of different stuff. That never-ending story thing yeah. from a little while ago, that was me. I've done that. During my bath time. Um, so there was... <laughs> yeah, you can't run a bath with candles and pretend to be hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even E17 was too much for me. I had to do a quick never-ending story before I came out. Uh, so Tevin Campbell has a four-and-a-half-octave range. So they called him uh, the male Whitney Houston. Right. Uh, and he kind of came and went very quickly from the public eye. And this could be down to homophobia. Because uh, there's always questions about his sexuality, which he never he never kind of uh, talked about until only this year, August this year, he finally came out. Right. Yeah. And so this Morrissey is, did a thing like that, didn't he? Yeah. And he spent years being a mystery, and then he went, yeah, all right, I'm a bit gay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, see, because Morrissey was always. Asexual, and then he came out again and was yeah. like, "I'm also racist." Yeah, if I you're know, interested. <laughs> so, so disappointing. I don't know if anybody cares. Yeah, but it's because that's the thing of like. Because he was always saying he's asexual. He was no, mm. no sex. And so yeah. then, yeah, but... You get an impression with uh, Morrissey, though, he'll do anything to be, yeah. like, well, different to whatever is going on. Contrarians. I think yeah, that's yeah, a lot contrarians. of... Yeah, contrarians. A lot of the old Great punks word. were like that. Yeah. Just because, like, John Lydon went from being, yeah, fuck the system, to, like, now he's actually, no, fuck all the yeah. young people. There's too many... Yeah. yeah, there's too many people saying, fuck the system. Now now I like the system. Yeah. But Tevin Campbell, he's, he's just come out. And so I'm wondering if there's going to be a new resurgence, if it's going to be... Cause in homosexuality? No, it's in huge, Tevin Josh. Campbell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because, do you know the comedian Gerard Carmichael? No. He's just come out. He's got a special called Rathaniel. Right. And it's on HBO and it's great. It's yeah. a, uh, and 
I loved his uh, first, not his first special, but his one called uh, Eight. Right. I, I reckon it's the best stand-up special ever. But this one, it's shot beautifully. And, he, and he, in the, not to spoil it for people, but it's been out for ages. Yeah. He comes out. Right. Okay. And what in the special? In the special. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and it's all about how he comes from a very religious family, um, like Southern Baptist kind of stuff, and his mum has not dealt with it and won't really accept him. And right. he's talking about all that kind of stuff and. Uh, Tevin Campbell also grew up in the churches. And yeah. so there would be a lot of pressure on him not to, like, come out and not to... I mean, you know, I don't know that lifestyle of Told growing line, up in the church. be a Southern Baptist guy. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. you would go, oh, I don't know. It's, but now, I mean, it feels like it's a lot easier for people with their sexuality. They're still, they're still struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Socially... I think we've come a long, long way. Oh, huge! Ninety-four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that he's coming out. I think it's great, and hopefully, I don't know any homophobes anymore. It's. I know people. I know heaps of people that will still make a probably off-color gay joke. Yeah, I'm probably one of them. I'm definitely one of them. <laughs> but I mean it in humor, and I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know any legitimate homophobes. Whereas back when this shit was coming out, when I was a kid, oh. I knew nothing but homophobic yeah. people. I know. It was all. The the nineties, dude. It was super homophobic. It's it is yeah. So hope look. I'm, Good for Tevin. I want Tevin to come. I want him to release new music. Yeah. I want it to be a, the Tevin Ace. Barry White still alive? No, or is he dead? I think he's spewing. Yeah. I was gonna say I would have appreciated a duet. I'm back in on Tevin if we can get a little bit of bass in there. All right, here we go. We're gonna move on. We've got a person who I lived with a girl who was very much into. I would say obsessed with this next artist. This is. Tori Amos and Cornflake Girl. tell that we like a song when we don't talk over it yeah i think yeah (laughs) yeah, man i think that like is it injustice to only play some of that song i reckon it's fucking brilliant all the way through it's a great song so tori amos fascinating person yeah weird artsy like the start of it you think it's going to be kind of folky don't you like i can like i you feel like Maybe like James kind of yeah. improvised, jiggity 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 jiggity, and then there's weird westerny whistling. Yeah. So this is his, I didn't know this. Child prodigy was the youngest ever person accepted on a scholarship to John Hopkins University at age five. Right. Or John Hopkins. I'm not a university, John but Hopkins it was like, is like yeah. a law school, isn't it? I think they've got. A, I thought medicine, is but it? it's oh, is it medicine? Also, oh yeah, it's yeah, music, it's medicine. Though. It's yeah, music. Yeah. No, oh, is it? She, well, at five, age five, she was composing songs. 
Uh, she was also asked to leave at age 11 because she hated reading uh, sheet music and was into rock and not classical. Sick. So, Love her. Yeah. That Love, was, yeah, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm sold on her. There's a fucking brilliant song. Yeah. So she could play songs simply by hearing them at age two. So she could Really? On what? On the piano. At two? At two. She, she could hear, go, hear oh, a yeah, song and play it. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, wow. she started writing her own songs at age three. She won a songwriting contest as a child for writing the official song for the city of Baltimore, Jesus. where she was living. Now, this hasn't been confirmed by her, but it is on the internet in a few places. Yeah. And so it might, listeners might say, actually, she's said that's not true. But apparently, as a kid, she entered a talent contest. Yeah. And the person before her said, oh, this is an original song. I've never played it anywhere before. This is the first time I'm ever playing it live. Yeah. And played this composition. Yeah. Tori Amos was next, went out there having just heard it and went, just played the same song. And that was her talent. I can pl- hear a song once and she played wow, it. Wow, that's note brilliant. Note for note. That reminds me of that. Uh, there's an old Taoist story about, uh, they, were, they had, who did they have? Some king, he had a, he wanted the Taoists and the, maybe Buddhists or something like that to, to create uh, paintings for his palace. And he put a curtain up yeah. in between the thing. And these the Zen guys all started working on this this beautiful painting, and the Taoists all got drunk and had a laugh. They were all like making a right racket and stuff. He's thinking, I wonder what the fuck they're up to. And they're all scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing at this thing, polishing this wall. And then by the time it's done, they remove the curtain. These guys have spent ages putting this beautiful painting together. These guys made the wall so shiny it was reflective and knocked off early. Great. And you've just got this mirrored. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, dude, you well just upstaged them, you know? Because <laughs> I was thinking, because I saw this on Reddit as well as where I said, and people were saying, that's a bit of a dick move, actually. It is a bit of a dick move, and but it, and it kind of sounds like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But if it's true, it's if brilliant. It's, it's great. So uh, the term cornflake girl is, so the song, uh, she said it was about, uh, her and her friend were talking about female genital mutilation in Africa. And saying specifically how close family members in Africa would betray victims and perform the procedure. And uh, they were called cornflake girls, the ones who betray you. They're cornflake girls. And the alternative, the trustworthy ones, were raisin girls. Right. And so people will quite often call Tori Amos a cornflake girl, even though the first line was, I've never been a cornflake girl. Right. And the uh, record company released as a bit of a, like, promotional thing – a box of cornflakes with her face on it as a promotional thing, <laughs> which I feel is very like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, you missed it. Listen to the song. Yeah, 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 Don't just yeah. look at the title and go, hey, this would be great. We'll yeah, put her on cornflakes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but um, also Cornflake Girl is in... Uh, it's been referenced in a couple of other places. So uh, Billy Bragg says in the bo- song Body of Water, which came out in 91, uh, he says, Oh, to become a pearl in the worldy world of the Cornflake Girl. And this song also got number 35 in the Triple J Hottest 100 in 1994. It's a belting song. Yeah, great I, song. I, I think. And it's got, like, I mean, it's, it seems almost an obvious observation, but it's very Kate Bush as well, isn't it? Yeah, very Kate Bush. Do you Bush. know what I mean? If, if Kate Bush is Emperor Palpatine, Tori Amos is her little Vader. Yes. Hey, boss. Execute Operation and Cornflakes. Re- Regina Spector is the one. Yeah, after that, yeah, 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 yeah. Regina Spector's Darth Maul. Yes. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be back after these messages. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we're back. We've gone forward, but in a way, I feel like we are going backwards <laughs> with this band who were big in the 70s, bigger in the 80s. In the 90s, they had a couple of hits, and this is one of them. This is Will You Be There in the Morning, close brackets, by the band Heart. Here we go. You're going to have to educate me with these. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Are they? Yeah. I don't know anything that they've done. Not a thing. Well, this even sounds 80s. This is it big, does sound this is big hair kind of song. Just know a big chorus is coming up. Fucking hope a big chorus is coming up. For me, it, it makes me feel impatient. Even though rock set were after heart. Yeah. I feel like harder than this little bit of Roxanne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got to love like a like a 80s feeling power chorus. Yes. Yeah. So, like, as I said, they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. Their biggest hit, or the song they're most known for, is a song called Barracuda. Oh, did they do that? They did Barracuda, I yeah. I love that yeah, song. it's great, isn't it? Oh, thank heavens, because <laughs> I felt that was a bit... Plain for me. Well, the band started in 1967. Right. Oh, so this they is really? like 27 years after. So they've had they to change started. vibes a little they bit. They have changed vibes. Like a Sinatra bit. when he tried to get a bit rock and rolly. Like I he know. Tried to it's so weird when like a band like this, like over that span, and then you look at the Beatles who changed so much in the space of like what, yeah. nine years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Incredible. But yeah, so uh, even though there's other members of Heart, the two I'm going to focus on are the sisters, who are the two lead singers. So Nancy and Anne Wilson, okay? They share lead vocals. Normally, uh, Anne Wilson is the lead singer, but mm. this song is sung, sung by uh, Nancy. They're very similar to Fleetwood Mac in yeah, terms yeah. of there's been a bit of interband relationships happening. Oh, really? And then breakups. Yeah. So one Mom, of them, did the mamas and the papas do that as yeah. well? There's some weird shit going yeah. on in there. I mean, I, I get it if you're living in a van with each other and yeah. turning around. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah right, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it kind of happens. Uh, they're no longer <laughs> with the. With so the you don't do the too many road shows. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've, seen a few, I've seen a few texts yeah. pick up comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's not going to end well. <laughs> um, so there was also a rumor. And this was also goes back to how sexist the music industry was in the in mm. the seventies. That the sisters 
were lesbians dating each other. Oh god! Because they were on the front cover back to back with yeah. like their shoulders showing. It'll get a, it'll get an headline though, won't it? You yeah. say something like that, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't even be surprised if they went, "Hey, can we run with this?" And they went, "Fucking say it, whatever gets them." Whatever gets the interest. Well, they laugh about it now, but what happened? They were at a party, so a VIP party with a whole bunch of music industry people there. Yeah. And one one guy just went up to him and said, oh, yeah, you're lesbians. You two, you two are lesbians with each other. And they got so annoyed, they just fucking left the party. Oh, did they? And yeah. went home and wrote Barracuda off the back of that guy. Really? Yeah, so they made a bunch of money off the Suck back it, of that dude. guy. Suck it, dude. Barracuda yeah. was a great song. It is a great song. So uh, Nancy Wilson is married now to Cameron Crowe, who is a film director. He directed... Um, I think Singles, Middle Sky, Almost Famous. Right. Ah, oh, yeah. that was a great film. Yeah, he yeah, also yeah. wrote for Rolling Stone. Right, okay. Yeah. So that well, is... Good on, good on him. Will You Be There in the Morning? Yeah. I, I, that's, the Barracuda reference has made me like it more. Yeah. Often with that kind of vibe, that can sort of float in the background for me, unless yeah. I've seen it in something that imbues it with new power. Yeah. Like, I never used to be that phased on... Uh, don't Stop Believing by Journey. And then... It was always kind of... Nah, nah, yeah. You know, whatever. You put that on the end of The Sopranos... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's got yeah. a different feel to me. Do I'm you know the, what I mean? I'm the same with Queen's uh, Don't Stop Me Now. Right, okay. What in, have you seen it in? It's in Shaun of the Dead. They do a great oh, scene. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't really like Queen. Yeah, that's my fiancé's favourite movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't really like Queen that much. I mean, I, know, I understand they're great. And they've got some good big songs, but it's not yeah. the kind of rock music I like. Sa- yeah, same yeah. actually. But if you, it's one of them where if you spend the time with it, yeah. it's Queen's one of them. I've never listened to more than two or three songs in a row. Yeah, I couldn't do an album of Queen. Yeah, They're, Queen. I reckon they have a, a great and look. There'll be people on here going, "No, you got to listen to this album." This album, but I reckon they're more yeah, a listen great. Listen to us, yeah. We're right about Queen. They're, they're <laughs> more a greatest hits band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel the same way about Blur. I think Blur are a better. Yeah, that's true. Greatest Elton hits band. John. Yes. Greatest hits all Yellow Brick Road is a good album, though. Yeah, I mean... But it's only, it's only short. That's why. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. A man... Look, I don't know what more I can say about him. Here we go. This is Lenny Kravitz. Is there any love, brackets, in your heart? I like Lenny. You like Lenny? Oh, this is the one you got wrong. No, no. Oh, right. I... I thought I read something in the thing. I, I think we passed the one I didn't find. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell me, baby, why can't you see that I'm feeling down? If you open your eyes, you'd see that I'm with a friend. You think about yourself if you go. You love this? Love it. See, I like it. You're not, you're not buying it, are you? It's, the only thing is, it's almost too perfect. In like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. He's so good. His band is amazing. Yeah. He's so good. And it's like, it's just missing something for me. It's like all, Controversy. The, all the ingredients are there. And it's There's just... Some, yeah, it needs something wrong with it. Yeah. Because it, it's too... It's too polished. It's a perfect rock and roll song. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what, but it's the... What gets me with a song... 
it has to grab me vibe wise first. Yeah. I don't care what it's about. I don't care what instruments in it. I don't care what lyrics are in it. If the vibe gets me, I'll look at the rest of it. Yeah. And for me, that's like that could come out at any time. Yeah. I pictured right when I first heard that, I imagined being back at the Glass Barrel, which is a little old pub that used to serve me beer when I was underage. As long as we were sort of in the in the snug bit where the pool table was, yeah. we didn't cause no dramas. We were around there. I had my first ping around there when I was a kid. Not advocating it, I'm just saying it's what yeah. the youth sometimes does. I remember looking through smoke. We smoked in pubs back then. Yeah, It was smoky. Um, my mate taking, my best mate taking a shot on the pool table. People giggling. Me just, my brain just turned into mush from smoking a joint and having an ecky and drinking the beers. Just, and having this feeling of, Oh, I'm cool as yeah. fuck. Oh, I'm so cool right now. That kind of music yeah. takes me straight back to that. You could drive around the city with that on loud in the car. Yeah. You could walk with it in earphones and it'll make it like it'll start your day good that. It's yeah, I just I want something more to yeah, it. I yeah. want something a bit dirty to it. Is it, it too yeah, it's too clean. If his voice yeah. had a bit of rasp to it, yeah. do you think? I don't know. But the film clip is all I looked at the film clip last night and he's at this stage, there's no one close to him in terms of cool. Yeah, like he's wearing silver. Dude, the shit he wears. Silver satin pants. Yeah, he's wearing a, a white fluffy vest. Yeah, his band is the coolest people in the world. They're yeah. also amazing musicians. There's a guitar solo in this, which I don't normally like guitar solos. I'm like, I've got really? To up. That guy's. You don't like guitar solos. I just. You don't like the showing off. Sometimes I feel it's more like it's like maths. I'm like, you can, yeah, just cause that's you can how do I it, feel. You don't have to do it. Totally. Yeah. This is why I've always, but I've said this for years, right? It's been a, one of the things that's always driven me mad when Metallica do a solo. Stuff like that drives me fucking bonkers yeah. when it's like, stop trying to impress me and try and reach me emotionally, yeah. please. Not that it's for, you know, me to say what an artist should do. Yeah. But you're like, say, David Gilmore, and he'll play a guitar solo. I'll yeah. let him do it for 20 minutes at a time. Yes. I'm like, oh, dude, go bigger, bigger, bigger. Well, this is my thing. My, my kid's learning guitar at the minute, my youngest kid. Yeah. And they're into metal because they like inspired by Stranger yeah. Things. And so, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. showing him easy guitar riffs. Yes. And so, Satisfaction by the Stones is like yeah. on the A string, you go two, two, four, five, five, four, two, two, and that's two, it's two, great. Four, and, it's five, five. and it's a, a kid yeah, can yeah. do that. Yeah. And then you listen to I'm like, just make it, make it simple, mate. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. what's going to get people. Yeah. And so, if I get him writing into the Rolling Stones, yeah, I'll be set. Sim- yeah, simplicity. I think with Lenny Kravitz, it's the the feeling that you're saying about it, where it's like it's too, like I get that everything's perfect here, but for some reason I'm yep. not falling for it. Yes. It's like it's like the guy in a rom com who would be perfect for the girl, but he's just not that. Well, this he is the other thing. He he has like a great history of people he's been with, he's he, who he's dated. They never last. So maybe it's the same with Lenny. In real life. <laughs> Everybody he's, feels like that. He's too perfect. There's <laughs> yeah, something yeah. missing. I just yeah. yeah. Anyway, I always felt like that about Hendrix. Yeah. Like, I love the whole vibe, but I can't seem to pick a favorite song or, like, bother yeah. following it up. It's like, I like what he is, Yes, but I'm not dr- hooked. Crosstown Traffic is my favorite. Anyway, let's move on. Oh, yeah. We're going to yeah. go. This is a remix of their own song. This is Frankie Goes to Hollywood with Relax, the 1993 version. Mm.
That's it. You can listen to that song, right? Yep. How long is it? How long is that song? Four is? minutes. Four minutes long. The song, for me, ends at a minute 20. Yep. <laughs> you, go, you go further than a minute 20, you will hear nothing new <laughs> nothing that you didn't new. hear in the first minute and 20. So this song was released in 83. Yeah. Uh, wasn't a big hit when it was first released. It, took, yeah. it was a slow burn. Yeah. But it eventually got there and became a monster. A yeah. monster song. So... Uh, it's sold over two million copies, the original version. The version we all know is produced by Trevor Horn, who was from right. The Buggles. Okay. Video Killed the Radio Star. Also did stuff with oh, Bill yeah, and Sebastian. Great tune. Yep. He saw them play it on a TV show called The Tube. Right. They hadn't recorded it yet. And yeah. he liked it. He liked it, but he said it's more jingle than it is song. Right. So he he's a perfectionist. And he got yeah. him in the studio and he wanted his way and the band were all too young to say, oh, can we actually play it this way? They've all come out and said, oh, he kind of took oh, over the song. Yes. My mate used to have a studio in North Wales and he did that to a bunch of band's stuff. Yeah. They'd come in to record with him and he'd go, it's, it's wank lads. And they'd go away that night and he'd fuck with it all night. Oh. They'd come back the next day and he goes, more often than not, they would be annoyed that I'd fuck with it but couldn't deny that I'd made it better yeah. and they'd go with it. Yeah, it's ha- so many. Like Dave Grohl's another one who, on the, the first drummer for the Foo Fighters, yeah, uh, left, and Dave Grohl went and redid the drums. Really? And yeah, yeah, the yeah. Oh, they did said, a lot of that with Oasis as well, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Noel did the drums. Yeah. on the on the on definitely maybe. Yeah, because yeah. Tony McCarroll couldn't play <laughs> off. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, when you got Dave Grohl in the band but not playing drums, yeah, you go, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drums, Imagine maybe. how intimidated you'd yeah. be as well. You'd be like, like this, Dave. He's like, yeah, if you want. So in the band, uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. The only person who's really on this song is the lead vocalist Johnson. Right. I don't know his first name. It's, it's, I don't have it written down here, but yeah. you can look it up. Um, and the only other other members, the only thing they're on it is they are on it, but a sample when them they jumped in the pool and they recorded that. And that's so they're on the song, but it's just them splashing. Watch the sound of them, their body the splashing yes. into the water. So, this is what the singer <laughs> said later. Up. He said, Trevor didn't like the band's standard of playing as he couldn't sync it to his machinery. So, right. he had it going. Yeah, yeah. And then Horn said later, Look, Relax had to be a hit. Despite the band's absence from the record, he said, I could never have done these records in isolation. <laughs> he stole it. Yeah. There was no actual playing by the band, but the whole feeling came from the band. Yeah. So, the he vibe. Went, You've got a song there, you <laughs> yes. just don't know how to do it. And he said the band that they signed were actually quite different to what appeared on the original demo because he didn't know at the time, but the bro- the demo had one of the brothers, uh, Marco Tull's brother, Jed on guitar, who had quit the band to go to a nine to five. And Trevor Horn was like, "How can't you? Why can't you do the guitar like you were doing?" And yeah, they didn't yeah. say, "Oh, it's because we didn't play that part." Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Jed was on it. Yeah. Fuck. Um, so that does your tits in, doesn't it? Stuff like that. Like, but they're credited with that now. Well, Half of them had fuck all to do with it. Yeah. And they've sold over 2 million copies of this single. Yeah. Uh, they also spent, so Trevor Horn spent on this one song 70,000 pounds of studio time. That's what he spent on making this one song. So he was like, it had, it had to do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Um, so they That's did an episode. Huge. So it, it kind of got released and kind of middle of the charts. Didn't like, was doing mm. well in the dance clubs, but never, nothing major. And then they played it on top of the pops and uh, it just went crazy. People really? Went That's to number one. Uh, and also, oh, before I got to number one, I got to number six, and then the BBC, they'd been playing it. Yeah. And then obviously listened to the lyrics. I it's went, sexual, isn't it's it? It's very sexual, yeah. Right. I See, I've never been fond of this, Josh. I think there should be a rule where 
I don't like when people say come <laughs> in a in a pop song, and it's one of those words that you can. It's innocent. It's yes. like come is a word. Yeah. We can say come in what, but it's like no motherfucker. Yeah. I know the way in which you're saying it, and it sounds gross. Like, I don't like the word anyway. What, what's come. that uh, butterfly song? Come, my baby, come, come, yeah, my baby, yeah, you're yeah, my butterfly, yeah, yeah. sugar, baby. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, when gross. you change the context of the word come in any song, it's, yeah. it's horrible, you know? Come on, feel the noise. They even but spell it. So yeah, 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 yeah. And the spelling's gross when I know, you spell it like that. Is it's worse, rotten. Yeah. Uh, but this was released in 93 because they had a plan of releasing a bunch of old singles as remixes and stuff like that. So that was their plan. It was a decade later ago, yeah. we'll release a bunch. Uh, but... Um, the BBC banned it, and that's what made it go. Same as what we're talking about, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. You, yeah. you, you try and make something naughty, you'll yeah. make it popular. They just say the same shit with that. Um, like it played into the hands of like your M and M's and your Marilyn yeah. Mansons and all oh. that sort of shit. It's like if you genuinely like all these parents and the you know the media and stuff. If you genuinely don't want the kids to be as interested, yeah, you ignore it. It's the same. Pretend you're not. In, we're like, going through it now. Anyone who gets cancelled, it actually does. Oh, it's doing, yeah, doing wonders for them. Yeah, yeah. All right, the last song. Last song on this side, A. Let's have it. This is a band called D-Ream. Oh, tune, tune. And this is Things Can Only Get Better. You can walk my path. You can wear my shoes. Land a tug like me. And be an angel too. But maybe you ain't never gonna feel this way You ain't never gonna know me But I know you Singing in our things Can only get better Can only get better If we see it through That means me It's a great tune. Yeah, it gets bigger and there's like a gospel choir in it. I reckon any song with a choir, I fucking love it. Man. So great. Yeah. Like I reckon from watching six, uh, was it, uh, 20 Feet from Stardom, that documentary about all the backing singers from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Oh, right. Is that how they were so close to the, being the star, but they're on the, in the backing. Yeah. It's a great documentary. Yeah. Uh, bands just forgot that, oh, yeah, if you put like a backing singers in a choir behind it, it makes the song sound way bigger. Oh, huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I was listening to you on the pod with, uh, oh, who were you speaking to? About how you felt almost embarrassed to be listening to... Uh, Liam Gallagher's new album. Oh, yeah. Who, who, um, I can't you said you felt you, you gave Sonia Diorio a lift home. Oh, yes. Like, oh, yeah. that's just, uh, <laughs> oh, my kids were listening to <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And that opens with yeah. like a, a schoolboy choir yeah. kind of vibe. Oh, that whole. And I think you should have like lifted that more. Go lean more into that. You big, can't always get what you want. Big, big, quiet, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that other one? Uh, is it Primal Scream? Oh, yeah. Moving um, on up. Moving on up. Yeah. The choir in that's sick. Oh. Love so it. good. We're going to talk about Promise Graham in a later episode. I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay, so this, ironically, things only get better. Was their only number one hit 
Uh, so he didn't get that much better for the band. One of them fucked off to be a quantum physicist. Didn't yeah, he? Brian Cox. <laughs> so it got better for him. He's yeah. doing he's doing very well yeah. for himself. Uh, this also wasn't the first time they released this as a single. So they released it in January '93, a year before. Got yeah. to number twenty-four. So it did all right. That's that's very. Is good. that all it got to? Got to number twenty-four. I feel I remember it being much bigger than that because it got co-opted by political. Yes, didn't it? It did. So that song has always reminded me of Tony Blair. Well, Al McKenzie left the group, um, and remaining member Peter Cunner, he was like, I reckon there's something in this, and he was more into being a pop band. He was like, I want to be a pop band. Where Al was more like, Oh no, we're a rock band. Like we we just use organs and stuff. Oh, okay. And so he remixed it, and then it became a massive hit, number one for four weeks in January in '94. What when old mate decided it was going to go pop? Yep. Yeah, so he, he tinkered about with it, remixed yeah. it, released this version, and that's the version we listen to now. Yeah, I like that version. Yeah. I think it's good. Uh, so he was in an indie band called Ty the Boy. They were from Derry. Right. They moved to London, and they thought they had to deal with Mother Records, but it fell through, and the band broke up. Uh, so kind of stayed in London, worked for three years in clubs. He had an office job, but he really wanted to become a pop star. Mm. And one day, he was in the office a bit teary, just going, it's never going to happen for me. <laughs> and a co-worker... <laughs> in the office? Yeah, co-worker uh, said, don't worry... Things will get better. <gasps> and he wrote it down in his lyrics. Bollocks. Yep. Really? Yeah. And then a few years later, going through his old books, he had like about 300 songs he'd been working on. Yeah. And went, oh, that's that's good. That's a good, let's let's write a song and he used that as the inspiration for the brilliant. song. It's yeah. Brilliant. Sometimes the simplicity, like what do they say? The uh, path of least resistance. Yeah. All the great writers of songs. Their best shit. They said it, it fucking fell out of me. I know. Came out in half an hour. It's the it's the ten years of work leading up to yeah. it for that fifteen minutes of inspiration. They say great. sometimes it's the like, who was that? Might have been a philosopher or something like that. Said all of our you know our ideas are a lot of the time genius in their infancy, and then we corrupt them trying oh. to make them clever. Oh, it's that how many thing. times have you written a bit and written it and written it and written it and it's never got off the ground like the way you felt it should in your heart. But then something really stupid will happen on stage and you'll riff something yeah. and it becomes part of the set. Well, it's similar to that, that phrase, a camel's a horse by a committee. Like, yeah, you've got the horse, yeah. which is per- and then you have all these other people put their two bobs and you end up with yeah. a camel. And it's like, yeah. this fucking doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So it was first released as a 10-minute instrumental EP with a reggae break as well. And then, oh, really? then they were like, yeah. And then they had the gospel acapella intro and the record company cut it off. And Mackenzie ejected. So no, no, you need, you need the gospel choir there. Yeah. Uh, and then it was remixed and then it got number one. Then you're right. It was used by the Labor Party for their 97 campaign. So it went back in the charts then as well. And that's right. when, that's when like, that's when know, I remember it from. Tony Blair was the, Tony, the cool, the cool prime minister. Yeah. I'm the cool prime minister. No Look, Gall- I got Noel Gallagher go here around the house. Yeah, Noel yeah. Gallagher goes, I just wanted to go in the white. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is another thing. So Brian Cox has come out and he did a kind of a thing for Charlie Brooker's 2016 wipe where he said, the song is completely wrong. And it's one of the most misleading and scientifically inaccurate pop songs that's ever been written. Scientifically things, inaccurate. Things are not going to get better. <laughs> things, things are getting worse. Bless him. Yeah. He's, he's managed to keep that little element of him with his barnet, though, and he? He's still yeah. got like a little Beatles mop. Well, he, he they got back together and did some shows. They oh, got n- they? new stuff as well. And he, he said, I, I won't join the band full time, but I'll, I'll go out on the road a couple of times. A and, yeah. yeah. He'll play London. He'll play the big guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, it's very it's very cool. Brian Cox has a bit of the uh, Alex. Is it uh, what's his from Blur? Alex. Oh, I was going to say I Alex don't. Jones. It's not Alex Jones. No, no, no. What you mean that? Who from Blur? The one who makes cheese now. <laughs> I didn't 
know there was anyone yeah, making cheese. Yeah, he's a cheese farmer. He's a really good cheese farmer. Really? He was in Blur. Yeah, he was oh, the I one who know. had I like know Damon Owen ten thousand pound a week coke habit. It was like oh, I've got to get what, out of this. Now he's like I'm out of this. Right, and into the cheese. Cheese. Yeah. So that's the end of. Site A, Volume 11. Yeah. What do you think? You, you, do you know, I, I've been pulled into more songs than I would have ever given a chance there. Great. I'm, I'm really pleased to have gotten onto that Cornflake Girl. This is what, see, I've had a few people get angry that the guests haven't heard the songs before they weren't from the time, but I'm like, no, no, I want to introduce people to these songs. Yeah. And see what they think about them with fresh ears, because I'll bring them nostalgia. Yeah. I want people to have some fresh ears. So let's go through them. So they call it 100% Hits. Let's go through Percent. So yeah. we had nine songs. So Snoop Dogg, hit or not? Hit for sure. Absolute hit. Give it up by Cut and Move. The original was a hit. But this one? No. I'm not having it. No, there's no point in it. It's all right, E17. Yeah, I'm, I like that. I like that, but they could have... I'm, I'm sure they did better songs. They did. and Still a hit, though. Took, let's took give too him, long. Let's yep. give them a hit. Uh, Can We Talk by Tevin Campbell. <sighs> I'm not having him. Cornflake Girl, Tori Amos. Love it. Love it to pieces. Banger. Will You Be There in the Morning by Heart. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that this morning, but since I heard they did Barracuda, it's changed my vibe on it. Yeah, it's all right. All yeah. right. Uh, Lenny Kravitz, Is There Any Love? Loved that. Great. We disagree on that, don't we? Oh, I, I just want I want something more from it. You yeah. want more from it. You want him to swear in it at the very least. Relax. 1993. A minute 20 is a... <laughs> a minute and 20 seconds of that song is a hit. Yeah. All right. And Things Gonna Get Better. Love it. Yeah, great song. That's I seven that's out of nine. Yeah, that's a yeah, high yeah. score. Yeah, that's decent. And that's it's it's more than... Because when you sent me... I said, do I have to do my homework or anything for this pod? And you went, oh, you can have a listen to this yeah. if you want. And I had a look at it and I thought, I think I know two songs on that. It's great. And I knew more than two songs. Yeah. And then there were some that I didn't know. And it, But forcing myself to listen to shit I wouldn't normally listen to yeah. has opened me up a little bit. And I thought... I wonder if I should go through the rest of these. I'll certainly be going through the rest of the pod because I think it's a mint idea. I, I love great. to give. I love to give, it's John. It's a great pod, dude. Great hey, pod. thank you so much for doing this. Now, Thanks for having me. tell the people where they can find you. Uh, this weekend. Oh, no, when does it go out? When comes does the out pod tomorrow. go out? Yeah. Oh, it comes out tomorrow. So if it comes out tomorrow, then t- Saturday I will be in Fremantle at the Sonar Room. And then I think... Uh, this month, sometime, I'm headlining Oasis Comedy Club. You're doing Oasis. I'm doing it this weekend. You're doing it this weekend. I think I'm on in a few weeks. You'll have yeah. to go to their socials, at Oasis Comedy Club. Also, give John a follow on Instagram. On the Insta, John Pinder Comedy. J-O-N. I've got to say, I'm not a big fan of commercial radio. Your bits that you do on the commercial radio over here are very funny. I always watch oh, them when you, you like post, them? post those bits. I think... Yeah. That, I haven't that, had any videos posted for a long time. I can always tell if I've been a good boy if they'll post yeah. a video. That crew are good in that they give you the space to they let do me. what you... Yeah, to be fair, I do push it. I've had the odd telling off. Oh, okay. I think I said pedo on there one day. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the odd telling off because I, I feel like with commercial radio, I'm like that as well. It's like, how do you manage to be authentic in an industry that by its very nature is built off of a sort of yeah. plasticky forced... And I thought, if I can just somehow secretly let those people know that I'm like them, yeah. but within the framework of what they... Do you know what yeah. I mean? I feel like I'm on a stealth mission all the time. Yeah. You know? All right. So check out John. Hey, if you're in Perth, I'm uh, doing Oasis Comedy this week and Friday and Saturday. I'm also doing my kids' show. If you've got kids and you're in Perth, I'm here until Saturday at 1 o'clock at the State Library every single week. Hey, thanks everyone for being Patreon subscribers. You're the absolute best. Also, in uh, Melbourne, I've got coming up uh, the... 
podfest at stupid old studios which is online i don't know why i said melbourne you can watch it anywhere in the world uh so tickets are at sospresents.com and so that is a brand new episode of don't you know who i am which is coming up and then on the 20 uh, 24th 23rd i don't know the dates off the top. it's a monday anyway 7 p.m at the retreat hotel in melbourne i'm doing a free don't you know who i am just come along every person who comes in the door the bar gives me money even if you don't want to come in and just listen to another podcast on your headphones i don't give a shit i get paid some money so do that uh, that's on the 23rd 24th whatever the monday is in melbourne at the retreat in brunswick thank you very much I'll see you next time bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.